You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, Tim McMaster here, joined by our MLB.com Yankees reporter Brian Hoke, and we talk a lot about trade markets in the offseason and, and free agent markets. Brian Hoke is off the market, getting married since we last spoke to him. Congratulations, Brian. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, and sorry ladies, but uh, you know, you'll have to figure it out somehow. All right, so Brian Hoke now married and getting ready for the 2016 season. Let's get right into things because the Yankees have, have done a lot. They've taken care of a lot of issues early on in the offseason. So when you look at this roster, what's left to do between now and the start of spring training in just over a month? Well, I think when you look at it, you'd love to add some kind of starting pitching depth. I mean, you went into the offseason, and they, they said that was their top priority. They they knew they had to get a second baseman. They were going to upgrade the bullpen if they could, and uh, they did that. Obviously, with the Roldis Chapman, that that was the bullpen move, and Starlin Castro is going to be the second baseman. So you answered those questions, and you put Aaron Hicks in the outfield. He replaces Chris Young. Uh, that, that basically runs down the out uh, the off season right there. The one thing left to do is you had a rotation where not a single guy went over 170 innings last year. Nobody made 30 starts. Uh, there's some legitimate concerns there, and. They've got seven guys, and you could go to spring training with what you have right now, but if you can add to that, I think you'd like to. Now, are they more likely to sign a free agent or still maybe make a trade? I, I think the trade market seems to be the way that Brian Cashman wants to go on this. Uh, there's definitely a pattern and a trend in what he's been doing and what he's been trying to do. Uh, put it simply, they don't have the money right now. Um, and I know that everybody kind of rolls their eyes and says, Oh, yeah, the Yankees don't have the money. Well, they're waiting for these big contracts to expire. You've got Mark Teixeira and Carlos Beltran coming off the books. The year after that, you're going to have CeCe Sabathia and Alex Rodriguez. They're running out the clock on that. They're trying to pivot and get a little younger. You see that in the moves that they're making with the trades and everything they've done. But Cashman keeps bringing it up. If they were to go out and sign, say, David Price, who is obviously now off the market, but if they had done that, they were going to pay a 50% tax on top of every dollar they paid. So when you're talking about signing a guy for $30 million a year, uh, you can start to see why Hal Steinbrenner has pulled back the checkbook and said, wait, 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 find another way to do it. And that's what you see the Yankees doing with the trade market. So then the question is, who gets traded? And is it still a chance of Brett Gardner being that guy? I I think there's still a chance. Um, Until Gardner's in left field on opening day, I'm going to say there's a chance. And I know that Cashman has said that they'd prefer to keep Andrew Miller. That's their working plan. They want to have this super bullpen with Chapman and Miller and Dellen Batances, and, and that sounds wonderful. Um, the, the one concern I'd have there is you're probably going to be looking at a potential suspension here for Chapman uh, of some length. Uh, we, nobody knows how long it's going to be, but I, I would not be shocked at all if Miller and or Dellen Batances have to stay for some period of time here and be the closer. So I think you have to stay ready for that idea. And that being said, I think you're one piece now that you can dangle and move, uh, other than Ivan Nova, who doesn't seem to be garnering much trade interest, is Brett Gardner. Um, he's 32. Uh, you may have seen the best of him already. I, I think that he's probably peaked as a player. 
Um, we'll see where he goes the next few years, but he's under contract the next three years, $39 million more on that deal. Um, he's attractive. Uh, there's a reason the Yankees would want to keep him, but I could see why they want to move him, too. All right, let's get into the Chapman deal. Uh, lots of levels of this. I think the first thing is the timing, because it seemed like this wasn't going to happen for any team until after the baseball, until after Major League Baseball's investigation of the off-the-field stuff. Um, but then it happens, the Yankees get it done early, and it seems like by doing that, they, they maybe got a discount on what they had to give up. But what kind of conversations did the Yankees have to have in the front office with ownership to be able to make a move like this for a guy that, let's be honest, has a lot of controversy surrounding him right now? Yeah, I think there's absolutely uh, a lot of conversations that had to happen there. I, I, I remember back in the winter meetings, just talking to people around the game, and they were saying Chapman is toxic right now. No team can touch him. I, I mean, the stuff that was going on with him and the gunshots in the garage and domestic violence and, and Florida, it's its all ugly. Um, it, there's no way to spin it and say that that's a good thing. I mean, it's, it's awful, but baseball is doing their due diligence on it. And um, Look, he was going to come back and pitch somewhere. Um, the Reds, if they had to go into the season with him, uh, they could have done that. They, the deal with the Dodgers obviously fell through at the winter meetings, and that's when the Yankees jumped in there, and Brian Cashman said that the Yankees had been on, on Cashman uh, on Chapman over the last few years. Uh, they, they'd even tried to get him at the trade deadline. If you remember, there was a lot of talk about they were trying to upgrade the bullpen and get Craig Kimbrell. Well, behind the scenes, they were trying to get Chapman, too, it turns out. Um, they couldn't do it at that time without giving up guys like Aaron Judge, Luis Severino, the, the guys that Cashman had made it clear they weren't going to trade. So... Uh, when you come back and circle around here, obviously the price had dropped, um, knowing what we know now. And uh, a four-player deal that the Yankees sent there, but they had to do some investigating. They, I'm sure they did their own uh, looking into it the same way Major League Baseball and law enforcement are in Florida. But it was a tough decision, and I think that the Yankees know there could be some blowback from that. I, mean, I think you've seen a little bit of that already. Um, it, it's not a it's not a pretty thing, um, but you you, sit, you think back and the Yankees have been known they've given guys second chances in the past. I, I'm thinking about Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden and Steve Howe, and I mean I know we're going back here, but there have been guys with off field problems who have come to the Yankees and uh, regenerated their career and restored it. And um, you hope that Chapman can take advantage of that opportunity because uh, clearly. If you look at the package the Yankees gave to Cincinnati, his stock has fallen quite a bit. and You can't touch a, a guy who's been on four straight All-Star teams for, for that package. I think it's safe to say he's going to be suspended for some amount of time, but because this is kind of the first year that baseball's dealt with this as far as an official policy, we really don't know how much time that's going to be. We've seen baseball, and or we've seen the NFL and what's gone on there with, with Ray Rice and other players. But if this suspension ended up being, I think it's over 45 days or 46 days, the Yankees would actually get an extra year out of Chapman. I mean, I don't even know if you want to really look into that or if that's something they consider, but the longer the suspension, they could actually benefit from it, which seems weird. Yeah, it's, it's strange. And the Yankees certainly did think about that. And Cashman was asked about it, and he said that's all for another day. But uh, the number is 46, uh, as, as I understand it. And if he did get, say, hit with a 50-game suspension, which I don't think is unreasonable, I, I think that's possible. I, I think it may be less than that, but we'll see. Um, then, yeah, you'd be looking at 
Chapman would not be a free agent for 2017. He would instead be under team control. And, uh, yeah, they, they would have him again in that Super Bullpen. So I think that this is clearly something the Yankees weighed into it. When they, they the asking price went down and they knew there was going to be stuff to deal with and, and fallout from what had happened in October. But uh, looking ahead, you say – even if you lose this guy for 50 games and you don't have him, you still got Dylan Betances and Andrew Miller, so you think you should be able to protect leads without him. And then, uh, let's say sometime in June, Chapman shows up, and then you've got an even better bullpen. So I, I think that it, it's all part of the equation. It's something the Yankees clearly did think about. Um, it, it may turn out that he gets hit with less than a 46-game suspension, and uh, he's a free agent. But the Yankees are going to roll the dice on that and see where, where it all winds up. Fascinating, I think, that the Yankees get Chapman and the Red Sox get Kimbrell, the two best closers on the market, and they both go into that rivalry, and they'll be facing off or within that rivalry in 2016. It should be fun to see the end of those games at Fenway Park and in the Bronx. Well, it's January, which means it's time to vote for Hall of Famers, and when you think about the Yankees and, and guys on the ballot that spend time in New York, Mike Messina comes up, Tim Raines comes up. Let's start with Reigns because he's running out of time, but he's also getting a big boost right now. It seems like with seven players going in the past two years, it's really opened the door up a little bit for guys like Tim Raines, who's almost right on the cusp right now. Yeah, it seems like every year we read stories about how it's ridiculous that Tim Raines isn't in and, and how the advanced numbers show that, all right, he was penalized for playing in an era where Ricky Henderson was clearly the number one leadoff hitter. But I think that if you look at Tim Raines and the numbers he put up over his career, he belongs in there, I, I think. Um, I, I think that as the years have gone on here and he's hung around the ballot, I, I think that he's garnering more and more support. And, yeah, it would be a shame if his time ran out and uh, this didn't go through. But I think just judging by what I've seen and heard out there, I, I think that as the years have gone by, he's getting more and more support. People have taken the opportunity to re-examine his career, and I, I think that he he belongs. I think you look at the longevity and the numbers he put up there, and uh, I think Tim Raines is a Hall of Fame player. I, I don't have a vote. Um, I, I can understand why he wouldn't appear on your ballot. He, probably, he wouldn't be the first box I checked on this year's ballot, put it that way, but uh, he definitely deserves consideration, and the longer he's hung around on that ballot, I think he's gotten more of it. Used to be that players got 15 years on that ballot. That's been reduced to 10, and that hurts Reigns, who now has just this year and next year to go, would have had a lot more time. But I do believe that he may be one of those guys who gets in in that last year. The other guy is Mike Mussina, who just over 24% a year ago, but it looks like he's going to get a huge jump up in 2016. And he should. I, I think that Mussina wasn't going to be a first ballot guy, and I think there's some people who will not vote for anybody on a first ballot. I think that Ken Griffey Jr. is not going to be unanimous. Uh, it's, really, it's silly, but I think that's the case. I think there are just people who are not going to vote the first time. And Mussina wouldn't have been a first ballot guy for me, I don't think. Um, but you look at that career, 270 wins, pitched the entire time in the American League East. Unfortunately, he pitched in an era of performance-enhancing drugs where guys were using gosh knows what's. And uh, Mussina, every year, a consistent, reliable I think back to 2007 with him, I think the most impressive thing was this guy looked like he was done. And he was at the end of his career. He, he looked like he was out of gas. 
he, he went back to the drawing board. He reinvented himself. He said, all right, I'm fine. I, I'm going to throw 86, 87 miles an hour, and I'm going to win. And he went out and became the oldest first-time 20-game winner in Major League history. I, I still remember that last day at Fenway Park. He, it was a day-night doubleheader, and he had just got win number 20 in the first game, and he's standing in the, the that cramped locker room at Fenway Park, and he's munching on a uh, – box of mcdonald's uh, french fries and he's just the happiest guy in the world he's got this smirk on his face he knows he's done we don't yet, we don't know it yet but he he was just the happiest guy in the room and uh you know for a guy who i think came to new york and he was a little surly at times and i, I think it took people a, a little while to warm up to him um by the end of it i think he was a clubhouse favorite he was uh, well regarded by the media and i think you look back on that career with baltimore and the yankees and you say that that guy belongs to Cooperstown. That is going to do it for the podcast. Brian Hoke, thanks a lot. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.